Welcome to Goalies Podcast, presented by Gemini Athletic Wear. Chris Bonvino and his team does all of your equipment or apparel needs, from jerseys to uh, warm-up gear to uh, apparel, whatever it may be. Check them out at GeminiAthletic.com. Well, we're here with Sean Goldsworthy, and uh, he's in the grind of the Lake Conference. Going to hit the road and uh, head up and play St. Michael Albertville and Buffalo in the next uh, couple of days here on Thursday and Saturday. And you're coming off a, a overtime loss to the um, Wyzetta Trojans, but you know that was uh, quite the comeback for your club, being down two nothing, and in the third period, you really kind of cinched in on them. Yeah, well, Wyzetta is a really good team, and uh, they're well coached, and Pat has them. This guy's playing really well right now. Uh, we were able to get over to you know Plymouth a couple weeks ago and and play a really good game and, and walk out of there with a win. Uh, but we knew it was going to be tight. Um, hey, we're at, we're into late January, early February. Um, your traditional teams in the late conference, it's going to be two to two after at the end of the third period. It's just what's going to happen. Um, some teams are going to play better early and late and come back, and special teams are key. But everybody plays three lines. Everybody's got a deep bench. Uh, five, six defensemen, everybody's goaltender starting to settle in a little bit and uh, expect a lot of one-goal games. So then how do you manage the uh, the mindset of, well, we, uh, we, we finished them 5-2 a couple weeks ago, right? I'm saying locker room and stands, let's say, for instance. And then you come back and you play these guys again a couple of weeks later, and then they kind of cinch it in for a couple of periods there, and it's different. How, how do you say, well, yeah, that's part of the deal? All these guys have been playing each other for a long time. I think, you know, if we played them in a, you know, college setting or a pro setting and you play 15 times, it's going to be 500. You know, you, it's just the more you play, that's going to, it's going to even itself out. Uh, they got a great program. They've well established. Their kids play hard. Uh, they're very difficult to play against. But, you know, I could be saying that about any late conference team right now, and we're going to be seeing that on Thursday and Saturday too. So it, it's awesome because I think at this time of the year, um, you got to be careful with, uh, you know, kind of the grind of the year and tiring your kids out. But in the same breath, it's going to galvanize you for the playoffs. I mean, your kids get used to playing in one-goal games where the outcome's usually dictated by two or three plays. From my perch up top from the start of the year to today, I've observed – what I feel is a lot of personal growth on on this team from from all positions, and you know I start first with the blue line. I, you know you throw six guys out there that do a really really good job of, of of getting the puck and getting it out, and then they get up in the play. But they're also uh, into the offensive flow. I I feel like their incremental growth has been incredible. Have you seen the same? I have uh, pretty much across our whole roster, but our decor specifically, you know, I don't know if we've had anybody that has stepped out and just been, you know, someone like Josh Lickey that we've had the last couple of years or Grant Doctor. But, man, we, we move the puck well. We really do. And our kids play sound. I think it's a testament to their work ethic. I think it's a really testament to our D coach with Jack Hillen. Uh, the kids listen. They buy in. It's kind of a, a testament to our structure of our team. You know, we're kind of built that way. Uh, the kids – uh, have improved dramatically early on a lot of these guys just were not in roles last year or the year before where they absorbed some of these big minutes all those minutes are gone uh, those kids graduated and uh and do so i mean those mm-hmm. kids earn those minutes so i think the first you know six to eight games our kids were just getting comfortable with a new responsibility list on their on their game well and you can you can completely see it and then I move to the forwards, and I, I see a group. I take a guy like uh, Lacomi, great example there. Boy, is he grown as a player. He's big, he's strong, he can move. 
but he's accepting the role as a, as, as a top-line guy. But there's more guys that are doing it too. And I think they've been really good from my observation through center in getting the puck where you needed to go either off of the rush or in deep. Yeah, you know, in an ideal world, I think we're built down the middle um, with our centers, and yeah. we feel like Braden's done a great job. And, and again, he's very similar to the defenseman. He's grown into some heavy responsibilities and big minutes. You know, he played minutes last year, but they weren't the, the heavy minutes. They weren't the big minutes. And he played a little bit of wing, so now he's at center, which I think is his natural position. And then, you know, and then we got Hunter Newhouse, who I think has been just outstanding the last, you know, six weeks. Uh, and, and with that, those two guys play well. Uh, we're pretty good. Yeah, and then I, this discussion's had quite a bit. At this time of the year, special teams and goaltending, you hear about it all. It's always just the cliches yeah. of cliches, but it's the reality. How much of that do you work on at this stage of the game? We work uh, a lot on it early in the year. We spend a, a lot of time getting our, our special teams tweaked properly, you know, and the personnel kind of dictates what you're going to do. So we don't. We don't really have the same power play that we had the last two years because we just have different personnel, and you can see it. So you can be a lot more creative when you got you know Bobby Brink running around and you got low height Molinar and, and Licky. Yeah. But but these guys have really bought into what they do. I actually like our special teams this year. It's really been a big factor in our success. Um, we work a lot on it. Coach Aronson has the power play. Coach Hillen kind of dictates the PK, and I oversee a lot of it. But. Um, we work a lot on it. This time of the year, we scale back practice quite a bit, so it's not going to be as many minutes. But the reality of the situation is um, we, we put a lot of emphasis on special teams. And do you believe that that is a uh, required, maybe it's a bigger, stronger word, required, but a difference maker from the difference between winning and losing in the postseason, if you can kill a penalty off and score a big power play goal here or there? Well, I do. You know, special teams are going to be the separating factor. It's just, it is the great unknown. I mean, you can go into a playoff game and there might be four or five power plays on each team. And then you can also go into a power play, uh, you know, a special teams game like we had last year with Holy Family where we didn't have a power play. You know, we, we didn't really, we had a portion of one. And either did they. So, you know, now it just turns into five-on-five hockey, which goes to back to what we were talking about earlier off, off, off record. But, you know, it's just hard to score. You know, five on five, we got a lot of good teams. There's a lot of parity. And five on five hockey, you're kind of squeezing blood from a rock right now uh, for scoring. Well, so, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's where things are at. So, you know, getting your lines and getting your depth and getting secondary scoring uh, outside of your special teams is just huge. Well, that's where it goes to the five on five discussion. And we yeah. talked about this before we came on that I feel like this year, more than any in recent time, it's been so difficult. For teams to score five on five, and, and you know, you can lump it into goal scoring is down, or I don't know if it is. If you look at the numbers, it just feels like it's so much more difficult to score. And you mentioned off the air that it had something to do with with the parity. Um, can you talk into that about the kids getting coached up and 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 how that is how much more difficult it is to score? Well, I, granted, it's only my third year at this level, but um, we've we've already seen four different neutral zone four checks. The high school level. At the high school level this season, just this season. The last two years, I don't think we saw four combined. Different, you know, so from a preparation standpoint and just difference makers for your kids, you know, we saw uh, a very a passive four check out of uh, Duluth East, which I think was really healthy for us to see because we might see it late in the season. Uh, we, you know, the late conference comes with a different look every other night. Every team's got a different, you know, style of play and what they try to take away with whether their personnel or their decor. So, um, 
from a standpoint of preparation, that's, you know, it's challenging because in high school sports, you don't have these guys that long. There's not a lengthy video session. There's not a lot of that. So you're going to see some schematic uh, matchups that maybe don't make a ton of sense that are going to favor one team versus another. Um, I know we've benefited from a couple of those this year already where I think uh, some of the other teams early on might have had some pace that we were chasing, but we were real structured well. Um, and then, and then as, as of late, I've seen some teams do some things that have been creative with us. So I think that's, that's just a testament of high school hockey. I think it's, there's a lot of parity this year, but it's, it's this year more than ever I've seen more structure. Yeah, and it's, it's tough to fight through that, obviously. Yeah. But that's what makes you a better player, doesn't it? I think so. Uh, your, your kids, yeah. I mean, there's not as many mistakes, mm-hmm. so I think I think with that, there's a lot more responsibility. And just again, defensively, th- teams are just better. It's not necessarily in their zone. Mm-hmm. I'm just seeing a lot more teams that are being responsible in the neutral zone, staying above the puck, and then also in the offensive zone, you're just not seeing a lot of kids skate themselves out of position and giving up odd man rushes for no reason. How's your team's health right now? You know, it's, it, it was good for a little stretch after Christmas into early January. We're fighting the, the, the second wave of the flu bug. Yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. So influenza hit us back. We've been down two guys last weekend. It uh, doesn't look, you know, potentially we'll see if they get back this week. But in the same breath, it gets your other guys a chance to play some minutes yeah. that they might not uh, get exposed to before playoffs. I know that hurt us last year. We never got hurt until the end. And then our injuries came late. Our illnesses came late. And at that point, we had to figure it out in about 10 days. And that's hard. If you have two weeks, three weeks to get ready for an injury or potential illnesses throughout the season, then guys learn to like, you know, play those minutes, and then that'll pay off when it matters in February and March. And then in terms of what we've got about two and a half weeks left of the regular season, it's kind of crazy to say that. When you look at a calendar, it's a ways out. But when you're in the middle of it, man, it goes fast. And when you're in your third year now and you've been to this part where you turn the calendar to February 1st and you know the 15th, that's usually about the last day of the regular season. Mm -hmm. Um, From here to now, what is your approach as far as getting through the season, being as healthy as you can, and then being prepared for the next steps? Well, I think at this time of the year, you, you kind of have to respect the kid. That's, it's been a residual fatigue. You know, almost every kid on our roster and then almost every kid that we play plays an extensive fall version, mm-hmm. too. So they've been going since the you know Labor Day, uh, grinding through September, October. So you got to really respect the residual fatigue on their legs, um, mental fatigue, just the grind of a season. A lot of these kids are on game 40. Maybe game forty-five with another, you know, ten more. Hopefully, yeah. So, you got to be cognizant of that. Um, they are kids. Uh, I think uh, they play better when they have uh, some juice and some energy, and that usually comes from just, you know, the the grind of school. We're into second semester now. There's a, already a new jump to our guys' legs on that. There's a new schedule. They're, they're meeting new people. It's just it's fun being around these kids. They, they're they resilient. But you do have to watch it, you know. And, and I really think the key is, you know, I didn't know this until afterwards, but, you know, that's why that Christmas tournament's so important. Uh, you've got you got to play three games in three days if you're going to do anything special. Now, granted, everybody wants to just get to the state tournament. That's great, but to win it, you got to be deep. And and if you and if you haven't been playing three lines, and it might be costing you games. I know it cost us some games early. You know, we 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 were committed to playing three three and a half lines early in the season because we just didn't know what we had. Um, 
that was important for our guys to get minutes. We didn't shorten our bench in November and December. And I think if you hold that approach, it'll pay off later on. And I'm not saying I had all the answers, but I, I do listen to the guys that have been around for a while that have 500 wins, guys like uh, Mike yeah. and, and guys like Kurt, and, the, and they seem to look at you and say there's only one way to do it, if that, and that's it. So uh, we're committed to it. I, I think the beauty of the late conference is you have to be committed to it or you get exposed. So um, you just get comfortable playing three lines in 6D and rotating goalies until you figure out what your true lineup is. It's been an absolute blast uh, as an observer to watch how the late conference is working out and you know, really how Minnesota high school hockey has been going. And, um, you know, uh, I, I was having a discussion today about why I am so passionate and love it so much. It's because of the very things that you said. And the, the interesting um, component to it is is – you know, you have the school factor, but the fall factor and um, the fatigue factor that comes into at, at this this stage of the game. If you could do fairy dust, magic wand, what would your ideal year look like? I mean, from a from your perspective as a high school coach and as a parent with kids at play. Yeah, I, I, that's a really good topic, and I think it goes all the way to the top with Mike McMillan and. You know, the director, you know, with the High School Coaches Association, and then also talking to the guys that have been around. You know, I, our kids are already playing in the fall, and unfortunately, if you total up their pure volume of, of work over a calendar year, the majority of it is spent away from us. And if we're truly supposed to be the guys leading Minnesota hockey and coaching these kids up and putting them in a development model that we feel comfortable with, we need to put I really think our season needs to get longer. Um, I, I don't think we need to add a ton more games, but I think they need to be underneath our development umbrella like three longer. Three to five, maybe? Uh, three to five weeks would probably make sense. You know, maybe two on the front end, maybe mm-hmm. two on the back end. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you just get uh, – there's so much overlap in the fall and the spring where these kids are skating literally eight times a week in a seven-day window. That's, mm-hmm. that's not good. Yeah. Most of these kids – unless you're, you know, just maturity-wise, physically ahead of the curve. And there's a couple kids like that. But most of these kids need time to have their body catch up, to be the, the best of their abilities. And it's the best thing for them down the line, too. Yeah. So if we want them to excel after high school, into junior, going to college, and representing Minnesota hockey at the highest level, we have to take a really big step back and look at what's the best thing for their bodies to catch up. I see a lot of skill. I see a ton of skill. I see a lot of head hockey, guys that are really smart. They play a ton of games, but I also see their bodies are behind the curve. You know, you're seeing a lot of kids out there right now that are probably at about 150 pounds, and they should be at 165. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you gain weight when you're playing this many games? These guys are grinding. You're burning. You're burning. They're burning. Yeah. Their metabolism's like a hum- hummingbirds, and we're trying to get them into weight rooms and strengthen them. They just keep burning. Yeah, it's just it's just hard. So, you know, uh, the model that works at Minnesota is that we do put them in different scenarios. We just got to be really cognizant as a group, whether it's getting our, all our heads together, whether it's high school hockey or you got the AAA model and the Elite League and you got all these high-performance things in the spring. You just got, you got a lot on these kids. And the biggest question I get from our community with our players is burnout. Like, how do we avoid it? Because it's not that they want to quit. Word, yeah. yeah, it's not that they want to quit. It's just there's a window where their body can't go. And, I, and I'll, I'll revert back to one of the best players we've seen in recent years around the area is, is Bobby Brank. And, and Bobby is outstanding, obviously. We all know what he can do. 
um, and we were just a blip on his development's sure. you know, uh, progression. But uh, a couple of the injuries that happened to Bobby, just acute injuries when he was coming through, let his body catch up. You know, he hurt his ankle and then he hurt his foot, and he was able. His body was able to catch up. Nature's I watched just shutting him down. I did, way. yeah. It was a yeah. little bit. I actually saw his shoulders pop, and he finally, you know, his neck came out a little bit, and then with, and then his leg strength came back, and and you know, a kid of that ability is going to get asked to do everything. Well, he loves the game, he wants to play, mm-hmm. and he, he, there was it was just a natural good thing where they had to shut him down for a couple weeks, and his body caught up. And it's amazing how quickly their bodies do catch up. Uh, whether it be forced rest or designed rest. So, you know, rest is a weapon. Uh, that's where my background is, you know, academically. And I think it's really important for those kids to see that. It's just sometimes we might have to step in and say, we're taking this two-week window off, mm-hmm. whether it be middle to late March, stay away from the spring break windows, hit back up in April. And then, you know, of course, a lot of these kids are going to be going through junior tryouts in June and, mm-hmm. and July, and that's always a hassle. And then you got STP, and then it rolls right back in. And we, we just got to be a little bit smarter. We're the adults. And we're, we'll also, the, yeah, and we're yeah. also the guys that have about 20, 30 years of experience where we've seen that the top kids aren't going to get held back anyways. They are who they are. They'll get there. They are who they are. They uh, know, and, 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 they'll that, get yeah, there. Exactly. Our model has never shown a kid who is that good won't get there. Now, will he get there in 18 months or 24 months? That's debatable. And I don't even know if that's accurate. But he'll get there. You know, I, I, I've always said I've never seen a kid get hurt by developing through high school all the way to the end. I've never seen it hurt him. Yeah, you know, and obviously we have – rare special circumstances where we have you know every five to ten years there's a the outlier but the outliers that's by definition not the norm so we'll deal with the outliers the outliers can't dictate our progression we got we have to be a little bit smarter than that in my opinion um our outlier kids here never lack exposure or development or opportunity uh, we have to be a little bit smarter with the development and the progression for the, the, the you know, the top-tier kid, but maybe not the outlier kid. We're talking big-picture stuff here, which is just awesome. And I know a lot of people listen to this uh, podcast of ours, and they, they listen to what you have to say. I'm talking parents from other teams because you're really a strong voice of reason for um, – how you get to where you need to go as a player and um this has been very valuable stuff and it's been great for me to be a part of and you know sean you're an absolute uh wealth of knowledge and well respected throughout not only your community but others and i just want to make sure you knew that and uh keep up the good work buddy well thanks i mean i i'm just trying to do my part i told you three years ago when i came back to this level it, it's just dear to my heart and there's just so many good people that have been before me that i look at it's my turn to carry the torch there's good guys that are mentoring me right now that are you know in our league and on my schedule that are really good people to me uh i look back at guys uh, you know on my desk i got a note from willard eichla i got uh, a note from tom satterdall and i got a you know a note from bob negley i got a notes from um a, a series of guys that came before him bud leak which was the yeah. founder of hockey in minnetonka back in the 60s and 50s. I mean, those guys did a lot of work that we're all benefiting from, so I think it's just important that we carry the torch. Um, you know I'm a big music buff, right? Yeah. 
And I, I gotta, I gotta tip the cap to your locker room right now. I yeah. can't believe what I'm hearing come out. Little yeah. Def Leppard hysteria. Like yeah. they're going old school. And uh, tip of the cap from the from Wags to them. That's impressive. I don't know. I don't know exactly why we've been able to absorb a tough start and then rattle off just a great eight weeks. You know, six eight weeks remaining here. But uh, the music has not hurt. That's well, certainly so the case. So whoever's the DJ in there is doing a good job. They are doing a good job. We got we got we got it going on this year in the in the locker room's good. So Jack Hillen just walked in here. He's all business, ready to go get it going. So all right, uh, Sean, thank you very much. All right, thanks, Swig. That's Goalies Podcast. We'll be back with another one coming up another week or so. So long, everybody.